Hello and welcome to the Holistic Nutritionist Podcast with your hosts Natalie K. Douglas, thyroid healer, and Kate Callahan, the Holistic Nutritionist. Nat and Kate are degree qualified dietitians and nutritionists, certified fitness instructors, speakers, and authors. If you love unfiltered banter, unedited bloopers, and authentic heart sharing, then we are your ladies. Now it's time to sit back, relax, and get ready for our latest tips on living your healthiest life possible. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Holistic Nutritionist Podcast. Today, I have the incredible Dr. Marisa Snyder. Hello, Marisa. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for joining us. It's absolutely amazing to have you here. I've been following you for a while now on Instagram and you share so much incredible information. You are adding so much value to so many women's lives and men as well. <laughs> and I just have, so to, true. I have to thank you first and foremost for just giving so much. And we're going to really dive into not just that, that hormone information that you give to other people, but on that, that greater scale, what you're preparing next week and to, to give back to women globally, it's so, so important. And we will dive into that a little bit later. But first, I would love to ask you what we ask all of our guests is, what did you have for breakfast today? Mm, such a great question. You know, and I am so consistent. Girl, I love me some morning rituals. <laughs> um, one of the things I had for breakfast was my matcha latte, which wasn't, I didn't eat it. But it was delicious. <laughs> um, and then the other thing that I had was my green smoothie. And in the green smoothie, I had greens. I had lots of berries, all different kinds of berries, blueberries, raspberries, blackberries, strawberries. Um, I had a really healthy plant-based um, plant, plant protein powder. I had a half of an avocado because what's a smoothie without that? Uh, so that was the bulk. And I honestly, I, I kind of tried to chew my smoothies, but, you know, I mostly drink those too. So... A lot of, lot of drinking my breakfast in the morning. <laughs> and that makes you feel good? Oh my gosh. I get so fueled up. I love, I, clearly I love all things green in the morning. And, you know, my matcha and my green smoothie. Although my green smoothie more looks like mud. It doesn't <laughs> necessarily have a green color. It's more of a brown-like color. Um, but yeah. No, it do, they totally fuel me up. Lots of antioxidants, lots of fiber, lots of healthy fats, lots of clean protein. And the matcha, it's just such a beautiful ritual and it tastes so delicious. And it, I always add um, cinnamon too on the top of my, my matcha latte. And I do a little bit of collagen powder in my matcha latte as well. And then it's an unsweetened organic almond milk that I use. And so it's just all these little things that go into it that make it so special. Amazing. Do you add any sweetener, any natural sweetness to your matcha? I do not like mm. sweeteners. Um, I, I don't like I do not, I don't eat a lot of sweet stuff. Sugar and I don't get along very well. Um, but, and I do like sweet things, but like, like I'll indulge in like, you know, an organic gluten-free <laughs> dairy-free cupcake, which sounds so not sexy, but um, like for my birthday, you know? So I'd say that I eat sweet things once every two months, quarter. Um, it's not very often. Yeah. You're more a savory girl. Um, I know. I love, girl, I love me some sweets. <laughs> I love sweets. Don't get it twisted. I just, my liver doesn't. Yeah. My liver and my brain's like, what are you doing to me? And um, because I, I do show up so much and I got to be, girl, I want that brain to be functioning and working. Sugar, just, it, I feel like sugar's like glue in my brain. Mm. So, um, and my brain doesn't work that well. <laughs> And I mean, that's, that's the case for most people as well. We yeah, should all be I really, really steering, steering yeah. clear of refined sugars as much as possible. Absolutely. So, all right, let's dive into more about you. Can you please yes. tell us a little more about your background and how you came to specialize in women's hormones? Absolutely. So I'll take it. I'll take it way back. So when I was a little girl, um, when, I mean, we're talking about little like a teenager. I knew I wanted to be of service. I wanted to be a practitioner because um, I dealt with chronic migraines for 15 years of my life, starting at the age of seven, ending around 24, give or take. And I, I missed out on so much as a kid. Um, it, those migraines cost me so much. I was literally in a state of chronic pain all the time. I didn't have to pay for my, my health care, but man, I felt like I paid for it in so many different ways. And I was like, okay, how do I help kids or help people not have to live in that constant state of just misery? 
And so I knew that I wanted to serve at some level of capacity, um, was able to get my migraines eradicated after 15 years of being told I'd always have them, shifted my paradigm around health and wellness and what it really meant to be well. Because let me tell you, the, all the drugs and the, the et cetera migraine that I had in my purse or my backpack wasn't getting rid of the migraines. <laughs> I just managing them that way um, and finally got rid of them. Um, it, throughout this time, though, as I'm managing that and I'm, I'm, I'm going full tilt because that's the only way I've ever known how to be, I full tilted myself right into the ground. Like it's just like a, like a, like a dying tornado. <laughs> um, and so I, at, at that place on the ground, um, I had just gotten into practice. I was taking care of women and realizing that a lot of women were coming in with symptoms that were really hormone-driven symptoms. They didn't know it, and, and I hadn't really been educated a lot in school about it, not a lot, a lot. And at the same time that was happening, it was happening to me. I was in it. I was living this, these same symptoms. I was living these same signs of what I call hormone. Felt like horm God, it felt like hormone chaos is what it was. And, um, and I, when I went to the doctor, because even, even practitioners need to go to practitioners. We all, we all, need, a, we all need a support system. And I didn't necessarily know what was going on with me, so I didn't want to self-diagnose. I went to this doctor, we ran labs, and sure enough, it's, it's messy. It's a messy lab report. Things are off, and it really is coinciding with how I feel. Um, and she offers me two medications, and I didn't get to talk about this in my talk because it got crossed out, but one of the medications was birth control, and the other one was Xanax. And I looked at this woman, I was like, you have got to be kidding me because I already had a massive paradigm shift. I was so over medications and I knew in my heart and I also knew in the research that this wasn't the solution. And I was like, tell me this is not what you're offering women every single day in your practice. Like this, <laughs> lie to me and tell me this is what, what you, what you're not, this is not what you're offering. And um, so I chucked those to the wayside and I was like, okay. I got to figure this out. I don't know who's going to help me on this journey, but I know me and I know I'm a bulldog for research. I'm, I'm, I'm determined. There's anything I got inside of me is determination. And um, I'm like, I'm determined to figure this out. And I also at that moment knew that I, I cannot be the only woman in this place. I knew that there had to be other women. And so I decided that this, this, this had, I just knew that this was my life's work. I knew that if, that if no one was going up to bat for women, that, that I needed to be a part of that solution and not the problem. And I still feel that today, there's still not enough people going to bat for women. And mm -hmm. I feel more convicted than ever to be on this mission. Oh, amazing. And you're so right. And still today, I have clients all the time who come to me with their hormones messed up and they've been to the doctor. And that's what they've been offered is an antidepressant and the birth control pill. And that's, mm -hmm. that's all they've got. <laughs> so angry. I just, and I try not to be fueled by anger. I try to be fueled by hope and excitement and empowerment and awesomeness. And most of the time I am, but then I get women coming to me every day telling me their stories. And I just, whew, I just want to, I, I mean, and that's, it just, it's, it's, the, it's a little, it's a minor part of what fuels me, but let me tell you those stories, they, they keep me going every single day. Like I literally wake up and I'm like, all right, how are we showing up today? How are we putting the information out there? How are we shifting the way women feel about their bodies and what solutions they truly have at their fingertips? And it's, it's just, it's a crusade. I feel that, um, that I'll never stop doing. Yeah. Well, and you're absolutely sharing it in an incredible way with so many awesome tips and realistic tips that people can apply straight away, not crazy out there, unachievable, hard to do tips and suggestions that can be out there by some people. These are very simple to apply recommendations that you're giving. Ease and grace. It's, mm. We're busy enough taking care of the world, all of us. You know, women, oh, I have so much reverence for women. I'm always so in, I'm such in awe of women every day. And the last thing I want to do is give them something that they can't, you know, that, that just feels like extra, yeah. you know. So that's always, and I'm always thinking, well, if I can do it and my schedule, I'm not going to pretend like my schedule is always easy and grace. <laughs> Let's be real. Um, and if I can do it, I'm like, okay, if, if this works for me, I, I am every woman. So I know it can work for, for, for you.
Totally, totally. And I think the best way to share is when you go through something yourself. Um, and I was speaking to another friend of mine a couple of weeks ago and she said a term that I really love, make your mess your message. Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. So powerful because then you have that understanding as well. You have that information, that knowledge that you can share with other people, but you have that understanding of what they're going through because you've been there yourself. Absolutely. I have a good friend of mine. Um, she's known as the Betty Rocker on Instagram. And she talks about being flossom and how we, we all have our flaws and we embrace them and they, they, were, they are what make us awesome. So she calls them she, to be flossom. It's that kind of same concept, right? Like you just, you're going to gain so much from the messy and all the things that you are and being able to inspire people with that is so powerful. Mm, I love that. Flossom. <laughs> so what do you see as the biggest contributor to hormone imbalance in women these days? Mm, oh my gosh. I think the biggest contributor is the inner critic inside of ourselves, the, the lack of worthiness. I think that's a big part of what's driving hormonal imbalance. The second part that's driving in hormonal imbalance is trying to be all the things to everybody all the time. Um, we go into a state of perceived stress many, many, many times throughout the day and not even aware of it. Half the, I surely wasn't aware of how many times I was in a stress state. Um, and that just fuels the fire of what else could be, you know, there could be some, some deep seated root causes, but that stress is, is literally just fuel um, pouring on. And that's the one thing that um, is happening every day. But luckily, I'd like, it's the one thing that we can really get a handle on too. So I would say those are the big ones. It's stressors, no matter how they come in, oftentimes perceived stress, but physical, chemical, emotional stressors, they're just adding up over time to, to kind of wreak havoc on the way that our hormone pathways are functioning. And what's it actually doing to our hormones when we're in this stressed state? Absolutely. We think about insulin deregulation, right? We think about how we can become sensitive to insulin receptor sites on our target cells, which is pretty much every cell in the body when it comes to insulin. If we're, we're, over, we're constantly putting ourselves into a high glucose state inside of our, our, um, inside of our blood, What's happening here with stress is, and it's perceived stress. Here's the thing is our brain hasn't, isn't evolving fast enough to, <laughs> to catch up with the times. And so we are, our brain is still very archaic in some ways, especially with the limbic system, that survival system. And here's the deal. Our number one mode of operation is survival. I mean, at the end of the day, we're we're animal species, right? We just have a lot of higher cognition. But those deep-seated core drivers are the same core drivers as um, as an as a dog or a cat. Like we literally are like survival first. And um, and anytime, whether anytime we're, we're feeling threatened by any way, whether we're receiving a text message or we're getting an email or somebody's just kind of coming at us crazy, we're going to, our brain re-registers that as a survival state circumstance. And we have to, our bodies, our automatic um, stress mechanisms trigger in. And let's say, you know, let's say we, we do turn on, we upregulate the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal access, well, then what happens is then we flood the system with stress hormones, whether it's adrenaline, epinephrine, cortisol being that longstanding. And then those hormones go out and they mediate massive change inside of the bodies, on, on inside of cells, inside of organs, digestion, reproduction, um, metabolism, your thyroid, and everyone's got to be, is a calls, it's like a calls to arms. And we start burning through nutrients and we start gearing up the body for this moment. And all it was is that your mama just sent you a text message to tell you that your sister <laughs> over here, you know, and she just gets you involved in some stuff that you didn't ask for. And, and it's just this huge thing that has to happen. And your body's ready to like ready for fighting or flighting. And in, in that requires so much energy. But over time, we keep, we keep hitting that trigger. We keep, we keep pushing in on that perceived stress. We keep upregulating those pathways. Your body builds in mechanisms, um, defense mechanisms to protect itself. And by doing that, we shift the way that those pathways respond. We shift the way that receptors respond. And all of a sudden, we start to de deregulate a lot of what's going on inside of the body. And it's just a way for your body to say, all right, I'm pretty sure this is not the real alarm. 
but we gotta we gotta let you know we gotta give everyone some messages here and that begins to deregulate and a great example of this is what we call the pregnenolone steal so let's say that you are pumping stress hormones and your body's like okay okay we gotta go we gotta go and your body's like oh my gosh we're running out of this stress hormone how do we make more because what if there's another perceived stress that happens at eight o'clock tonight and so your body then starts to steal other reserves so the pregnenolone steal Pregnenolone is a mama bear precursor hormone that helps to make um, progesterone and estrogen, and we can siphon it off to make more cortisol because, again, cortisol is the chief, it's the chief mode of operation we need for survival. So we start to steal off our reproductive hormone assembly line in order to make more stress hormones. That's just one little teeny example of, of, of this whole system at play. Thank you for going into detail about that. That was spot on really great description of what's going on in the body and um, i love that you brought up that pregnenolone steel because not many people know about that and and you just um really educated us that to us um in an understandable way so thank you so okay so we're all stressed in some way or another yes. um mm -hmm. and I, I i talk to people about it. it's not necessarily about eliminating all stresses from your life that would be very hard to do unless you were yes. kind of lying in the Maldives very chilled out with no phone <laughs> so. by the way we totally you know would support it if that's what you want to do <laughs> that's the end goal <laughs> if that's what you're at in your life oh yeah yeah totally go for it if you can um so what can we do in our real world, real life to help mm -hmm. with hormone balance. So no matter what we've got going on, different women have different things going on. There can be different hormonal imbalances going on across the board. What is one thing that all women can do to help with hormone balance? Absolutely. So the number one thing that we can do with hormone balance is create foundation. That's going to be number one, you know, because oftentimes hormone imbalance isn't the root cause your hormones are responding to something else. So they're responding to some other kind of root cause, whether it's stress. Stressor is definitely one of them, one of root cause. Um, so I think it's having the foundation in place so that you are set up for success, no matter what, what that root cause may be. So for example, I got diagnosed with Hajimoto's thyroiditis, which is an autoimmune condition of the thyroid. Um, and it was a devastating diagnosis for me. Um, and I'm not going to go into all the ins and outs of that, but I remember getting it and I felt so much shame because it was around the time that we were gearing up for, we were in the middle of gearing up for the big hormone launch, the book launch. And, um, it was last summer and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't even tell anyone. Like I have to hide this. It's like this dirty little secret I was holding on to. But the first thing I had to ask was like, okay, why? What is going on? What is driving this autoimmune condition that is driving my thyroid to not function properly, right? And that first step, besides you know figuring out what it was, was getting foundational, like getting that locked and loaded. So nutrition was the number one thing I tell people is making sure that you're bringing in the hormone-loving foods and you're clearing out the hormone-sabotaging foods because that not only is designed to help support the liver, the gut, your cellular function, but also to ensure that your hormones have what they need to function. Um, so that's, that is always foundational for me, making sure that you're getting enough you know, high-quality sleep, making sure that you've got your self-care bookend in the morning and in the evening, and then making sure that um, that, you, that you're filling in those nutrient deficiencies if you have any. So that foundation I think is so important for whatever hormonal imbalance is going on because it's getting deeper into what those roots are, those root causes. And it's so much easier to actually figure out what the root cause is when you've cleared out all the preliminary foundation. So we were able to figure out the root cause real fast when I was able to clean up a lot of the preliminary work. Um, and I'm still following those protocols to, to today. Um, and I'm Hajimoto's, um, I'm, I'm completely in remission with Hajimoto's now, but I know for a fact that it was because of the foundation I was able to lay that we were able to, I was able to move myself out of that so quickly. 
That's so amazing. And well done for getting yourself out of that. I mean, a lot of people think that they can't actually put something like Hashimoto's into remission. Um, so it's, I think it's going to be so inspiring for women to hear that that is actually possible with, with lifestyle change and with diet change and having those foundations in place. You mentioned that there are uh, staying away from the hormone sabotaging foods. Mm-hmm. Could you tell us some of those hormone sabotaging foods, please? Absolutely. Yes, please. I will. So number one, I think that has got to, honestly, when we, when I was cleaning a lot of it up, it wasn't just gluten I got rid of. I got rid of all grains um, because I didn't know necessarily, you know, I had definitely had gut dysbiosis. I had leaky gut. And so for me, eradicating all grains was a big part of it, but it could just be gluten. I just didn't know what else I could have had a sensitivity to. Next, probably the biggest heartbreak of all for me was eggs eggs had to go, um, for me clearing out. Um, and it's eggs didn't have, to, I mean, eggs have still continued to stay away. I've had to get rid of eggs, but sometimes you don't have to get rid of eggs forever, but at least for like 30 days, just to see what's going on to reset the system. So grains, eggs, dairy, um, sugar, no surprise there. No surprise that sugar's got to go, uh, alcohol, and, and anything, anything driving, like any caffeinated drinks, especially coffee. So coffee had to go as well. Those were the big things for, in terms of hormone sabotaging foods that I believe um, aren't necessarily serving us or are worth getting rid of for a time and just to see how our bodies respond. Um, red meat may be the case for some women, depending on the type of meat, and then clearly any processed foods are a big one there too. Mm. Great tips. Um, and I mean, with the eggs as well, I hate telling people to get rid of eggs, but for some people, oh. it can be a real game changer. And as you said, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be forever. Right. Take it out for at least 30 days, see how you go, just set those strong foundations. Um, and I was the same with the grains as well. I had to initially cut out all grains across the board um, to help heal my gut. And I had um, eczema as well, which was probably coming from my leaky gut. Um, and all grains, dairy, all the things had to be el- eliminated before my skin and gut would heal. Now I can have some gluten-free grains, um, like quinoa, buckwheat, and, and, and I'm fine, but not as much as some people probably would. And I think it's best to, yeah, as you said, have that clean slate to start with. Absolutely. And for some, some people, it may even be more extensive. Those are the big ones. It could be nuts and legumes. It could be the nightshades. Mm. Um, and it's really just a matter of figuring out where you're at. For my autoimmune condition, I cut out all of that. It all left. I know it doesn't sound like there's a lot left, but there really is. <laughs> um, but I even got rid of nuts and legumes, and I even got rid of nightshades. And I love me some tomatoes. Thank goodness <laughs> avocados were not on this list, or I think I would have had to cut somebody. Yeah. <laughs> With everything else it was I mean I got out of I was in I, I went into remission I mean I, it was worth it you know and, but those those first 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 ones for sure I think any woman can really be served by and and men too my husband oh my gosh he's on all the trains that man is on all the hormone trains all the everything trains all the anti-inflammatory train train you know he's so healthy because of me <laughs> because I'm on these healing journeys um, so my husband, mind you, everyone's always wondering, what about men? What about men? I'm like, my husband, all the things you hear me talk about doing, he's doing them. He's doing all of them, you know? So just note that they, they really do serve men too. Um, it's just a matter of whether your, your man or your partner is willing to do it with you or not. Hopefully they are. Just tell them they'll get man boobs and impotence if they don't. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. They'll do it. <laughs> scare yeah. tactics that's such a healthy way I mean, to work get in where you fit in right get in where you fit in <laughs> all right let's um change paths just a little bit yes. i want to chat to you about essential oils because you work with them so much um, have you always worked with them what made you want to incorporate them into your personal and professional life no no it was like this the best kept secret you know, I had no idea about essential oils. I mean, I had gone to, a, you know, get a massage or been to a spa and they were there and they smelled delicious. And I was like, oh, these are nice. And it was like just that treat for that moment. And then you'd go back to your normal world. 
But I, one of the things that happened to me when I was, had that really severe chronic fatigue about 10 years ago is that I hadn't, although I recovered a lot of, a lot, I got back to my normality, but the one thing I couldn't get back on track was my immune system. I was always sick. I was chronically sick, colds, flus, strep throat, name it. I was a receptacle for opportunists. And so I had gotten to a point where I was doing, I mean, I was drinking all the nasty tinctures. I was, I was, so, I was doing everything I could and I still couldn't kick this cold and I was missing out on patient care. So I had a good friend of mine who had just been introduced to doTERRA for about six months or so. She was using oils on her kids and her family and she had drank the Kool-Aid. She was full in. <laughs> And she basically sent me a bunch of oils because she was like, I'm so sick and tired of you being sick and tired. I think I have something for you. And I was like, bring it, give it to me, all of it. I don't care. At this point, I will drink, I will bathe in stuff. I don't care what it is. So she sent me oils. She sent me like citrus oils and On Guard and Breathe. And I started using On Guard all the ways. I mean, I think I use On Guard in ways that one doesn't use On Guard. Like I just, I was, I had no idea what I was doing. And, um, I was, I was drinking it 24 seven and I did not get sick that entire winter and then proceeded to not get sick without, I mean, I, tr not that I wasn't trying. I, I feel like I'm always trying to get sick because of my schedule and my flights and all this stuff. But, um, I did not get sick for three years. Wow. And yeah, it was, um, I had spoken at 2014's convention as my first convention talk. And I was getting married two weeks after convention. And that in between that big old talk and my wedding, I, I kind of I crashed and burned a little bit. So, um, but I was only sick for a couple of days. I got back on my on guard and everything. And I was, I was back to the races. So that changed everything. I was like, what is in these bottles? And sure enough, you know, lo and behold, they were antimicrobial, antiviral, antibacterial. I mean, name it. They're anti all the things. And I was looked into the research of OnGuard and saw that what is going down is these oils are going into the host cells and stopping the replication of viral DNA into our mRNA. And I was like, what? And it was in dark field microscopy. And I used to be a biochemist and I used to work in dark field microscopy. Um, and I was just so nerding out on all of this. And I thought, oh my gosh, what else can these oils do? And it was just this natural progression of, okay, well, can they serve women? Can they help with hormones? Can they help with all of these ways that we really need to be supported? And lo and behold, they can. Amazing. Now, I do want to talk I to you about... Went, oh, sorry, you I go. Just went, oh, no, I just went full tilt. Like it was, you know, like they always talk about your, your life before oils and your life after oils. That, that was literally me. So... <laughs> I was also with on guard. I was the same. Um, I was given it just before my first daughter was born. I had no idea how to use it and just use it very inappropriately. And, but she didn't get sick for the whole first year of her life, which was incredible. <laughs> now you mentioned something in there. I'm going to kind of skip around a little bit because I know sure. there's going to be some people freaking out about something you said in there. Um, okay. uh -oh. And <laughs> some people over here, down under in Australia and New Zealand, the whole topic of ingestion of essential oils is really controversial at the moment. I don't know if it's still controversial in the States, but no. it is. Yeah. We, we <laughs> yeah. got over it. Yeah. It's really <laughs> controversial here at the moment. So I know you've done your studies in aromatherapy. I know you've yeah. studied biochemistry. I know you've done a yep. whole lot of study. So can you please um, tell us what, what are your thoughts on ingestion and is it safe? Is it not What's the deal? Absolutely. Such a great question. I've written a bunch of articles on this and one in which was in Mind Body Green um, website. And I've done a lot of research and doTERRA, thankfully, has done a lot of research as well. Um, and here's the deal about essential oils is that it's all systemic. It's all systemic. So if you choose to not use them internally, don't you worry, girl. They are getting into your system one way or the other. They're going to the bloodstream. They're going into your cells. Um, so when it comes to internal usage, I think that, you know, encapsulating it is definitely one of the best ways to use them. I think it, it's always good to be, um, mindful about the power of these oils. I do not pretend like I don't understand how powerful this plant-based medicine is. It is, it is legit. Um, and so I think we should always be mindful of any medicine that we're using, whether it is topical or internal. I do think that it, putting it into capsules makes it easier for the digestive system to, to bring the oils into the system. Um, the, the, I know the, one of the biggest concerns is that, you know, with mucosal membranes, 
maybe it's causing issues there. I honestly don't think it's that much of an issue. I would say the biggest concern I do have with oils internally is really the gut microbiome. It's just ensuring that we are not shifting the gut microbiome in such a way it's so greatly influenced. It's even greatly influenced by how mindful we eat our food. Like the more mindful that you can be about consuming your food, taking the time, savoring it, and really enjoying all the flavors, that literally shifts the way that your gut absorbs those nutrients. And so the one thing I would be mindful is just you know, making sure that we're, we're helping to protect the microbiome. So if you are using oils for a cold or a flu, um, or you're using oils to manage a, an unhappy gut microbiome, that we just be mindful about it. Um, but I think that oils taken internally, if they're taken in a very conscious way, can really serve. I just think, again, you, you should be very conscious about how you're doing it. At the time, I, what I was really trying to emphasize is I honestly had no idea what I was doing, even as a, as a practitioner, because I was just so desperate and I was just told to do it. And I was like, all right, well, I'll just do the thing they tell me to do. Um, and I honestly don't feel like I've had any negative repercussions because of it, um, especially then. If anything, I got, I got um, what's the word? I'm like, I was positively reinforced because I was getting such great results by that. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I, you know, it's, it's this complexity where I know oils are safe, but we do have to be mindful about, about just, you know, being intentional about how we're using them and when we're using them. Um, and then with internal, just to be a little bit mindful about that microbiome so that we're taking care of it and loving up on it. Agreed. Great advice. Thank you for clearing that up. <laughs> All right, let's switch back to hormone health. Tell us, how can oils help with hormone health? Absolutely. So the biggest way, one of the things I always like to emphasize, make it really clear is that oils are not hormones. They're not hormones. Just like nutrition isn't hormones either, right? And so, but we use, we can use both of those things, these, this beautiful plant-based chemistry, whether it's nutrition in our plant, like plant nutrition, or it's oil, nutri oil, oil therapy, whatever it may be. You know, I, I just have such a reverence for, for plants too because they're, they're, they're really here on this earth to be medicinal for us. It's just so incredible that they're here. Um, but so they can't, they're not actually hormones, but they can really help to support and navigate cell to cell communication, hormonal communication. They can help clean up receptor sites and they can help really mediate what's going on, not only within our neurotransmitters, but also within our hormones. How I really love for women to use them is that I want, I would ideally love for women to be using them to punctuate the self-care rituals and the lifestyle rituals that are so critical to our hormone health. That's how I really love to speak to oils for our hormones is how we're using them in lifestyle and how we're implementing them throughout the day to create this beautiful, healthy body. Awesome. And do you have some favorite essential oils for hormone health? Oh, I have so many. I mean, oh my gosh. Like, What would be your top three? Top three. Um, just straight up oils. Um, so I would say top three that come to my mind, one, Clary Sage. I think Clary Sage is like the Beyonce of hormone essential oils because um, she's such a beautiful power player. She really wants to, to keep peace inside of the body. And so I love Clary Sage. The other one I love a lot is geranium because she's such a supportive oil, not only for the liver, but for our digestive system, for our skin. There's just so many ways that that geranium shows up as well. Um, and it's phenomenal. I mean, our adrenals don't need as much help as we think that they need, um, but our adrenals still could use a little love. So I love geranium for adrenals as well. And then one of my other favorites, which is going to be a surprise maybe, is going to be neroli. I love Ooh. neroli, especially for menopause and perimenopause. It is just such a beautiful oil for mood support, for energy support, and for, for helping to mediate the transition of those hormones. I would not have guessed that. <laughs> Neroli is one of my favorites. I love the smell of it. I love to wear it as one of my non-toxic perfume options. Um, mm -hmm. I think it smells amazing. Geranium, I like. Not, not everyone likes the smell of geranium, but I also I think it's a powerhouse for hormones. And I agree with Clary Sage. Um, how would you use Clary Sage and geranium to support hormones? I, so I think, in a, I think topical in a blend is so great. I, and that's just it. I don't, I don't know how many people love straight on geranium. It's, woo, it's, she's like, I came, I, I came to slay. That's what geranium <laughs> is like to me. 
you know, she's like, listen, <laughs> I'm here, I'm present. Um, so Dranium is really, it's a, she's a lot, she's extra. And it's, you just bring her into other blends. That's how you make Geranium work. And that's why I love my Superwoman blend so much is that there's a good amount of Geranium in the Superwoman blend, but she's so beautifully balanced by the, the other oils in there that she really, she plays nice with other oils. So that's the one thing I will say about Geranium. Um, so I love it topically. Um, that's how I love to use clary sage and geranium more than anything because topical, there's something to be said, the ritual of applying oils on your skin and applying them in areas that really feel they resonate. They can be over the ovaries, they can be on the ankles, they can be inside the inner arm, they can be on the neck, um, whatever feels really great for you, focusing on pulse points that we get them into the system. Those would be my favorite ways to, to use those oils. Awesome. Thank you. And we will link to that Superwoman blend. It's an awesome blend that we can all start using right away. Where, where do you apply your Superwoman blend? Oh my gosh. Everywhere. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so I apply Superwoman, like I gravitate to wrist and inner arm. Um, I gravitate to neck and kind of like, like chest. And then um, depending on what if I'm needing support like ovary support? I'll I'll put it over the ovaries as well. But use I know they're going. I know they're going where they need to go. I I really do trust that that um, there's an intuition and I I trust that my body knows there's an intelligence that our body has that it knows what to do. So I think that sometimes even just putting it on the inner arm and on the on the wrists are just such a great place to put it. And I love to smell it because mm. it makes me so happy. I, I'm so um, very much the Pavlov response where like I, that oil just puts me into that different zone of genius. Um, just by smelling that oil, I, I just, I, I up level in such a really great way. My body just, just craves the superwoman blend at this point. Mm, that's awesome. Can't wait for everyone to start using that one. <laughs> now we got a few questions from my social media community that I'd love you to answer if that's okay. Mm -hmm. Now, the first one was, are the essential oils you use for hormone support the same after having a hysterectomy? And she also said her ovaries remain. Mm, such a great question. I think it really depends on when the hysterectomy happens. So there's a hysterectomy that can happen before menopause and there's a hysterectomy that can happen after menopause. Before menopause, we know that those hormones, our reproductive hormones in particular, are still at play, right? They're still, even if they're transitioning, they're still there. Um, we aren't into full, and, and I don't, I, I love, I'm going to find different language for this, but ovarian, you know, ovarian um, de will decrease in ovarian function. And that's the thing is that it's a very natural process to have a decrease in ovarian function. Here's what I think about when it comes to menopause is like you just freed up more energy because it requires so much energy to get ready to potentially have that baby every single month. And now you just freed up all of this energy. Your ovaries do not have to be doing all that work anymore. Um, and, and that's a really beautiful process. Now, if you have a hysterectomy before that, um, note that you, you know, your, those hormones that should be still doing their thing have been removed and we've got to be able to manage that. Um, if it's post-menopause hysterectomy, most likely those reproductive hormones are, are pretty on, on definitely in the menopausal phase. Like they're very, very low. Um, and we're not necessarily relying on them to do the thing that they were doing every single month when we were still in a reproductive phase. So I think it depends on where we are in that journey. Um, you know, when it comes to um, a hysterectomy post menopause, it's really about managing inflammation um, and making sure that we're supporting our, our overall body, our gut health, our liver health, our brain health, and we're, we're supporting ourselves on a cellular level where before um, a hysterectomy, we do want to make sure that we're being supported with those hormones. And you have a lot of different options depending on what you decide, whether you're going to do bioidenticals, whether you're going to do hormones at all, or you're going to use um, supplementation potentially like phytoestrogens and, um, and oils just to kind of help support um, the fact that you don't have those hormones in the system anymore. Well, I guess if you still have your ovaries, you're still, you're still okay. Um, so I would say, depending on, depending on where you're at, so it gets a little bit more complicated in terms of the question. Um, and then I would still continue to use hormone-loving oils um, throughout my entire life. Because I think that those oils not only are supporting hormones, but there's so many side benefits. And you know, we have a lot more hormones than just our reproductive hormones that we need to be supporting. Mm -hmm. So I think that using oils, no matter what phase or where you're at in that journey is going to be important. 
Awesome. So there's none in particular that you would use post-menopause or after a hysterectomy, post-menopause and before? You wouldn't differentiate? Um, so post-menopause, just note that you're designed to not have, I mean, we do have trace amounts that we do still have estrogen that's being created by the um, adrenals and we have progesterone that's created by the adrenals, but we're not, we're not in a phase where we're, we're trying to make babies anymore. So you can still definitely use Superwoman Blend and Clary Calm because um, those are both hormone-loving like oils. Um, but just note that they're, um, it's not necessarily designed. We're not really trying to bring back what we're not supposed to have. Mm. Um, Post-hysterectomy, um, my biggest focus would be, because here's the question I have to ask myself is like, why did I, why was the hysterectomy necessary to begin with? Like, what was the deal? And so often that's probably inflammation that's driving, you know, you think about those root causes. So that first question would be like, okay, well, why did I have to have a hysterectomy? What's a root cause that's driving that and work on helping to, to figure that out, whether it's a gut issue or it's a if it's some type of latent infection or if it is stress or if it's toxins, like what's the root cause of that issue and address that head on. That would be the biggest thing that I would be focusing on. Kind of like the same thing, like, well, why did I get Hajimoto's? Like, I really want to know what that is. Um, and not that I wasn't putting oils on my thyroid, but putting oils on my thyroid wasn't going to get me to the root cause of why my thyroid wasn't functioning to begin with. So that would be the big thing that I would focus on. Um, and yeah, I would still use hormone loving oils, but I think the real question needs to be, why was the hysterectomy a situation? Like what's going on in the body? Mm, that's so important. Addressing that root cause. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And so along similar lines, do you have any partic uh, particular recommendations for essential oils for someone with polycystic ovarian syndrome or endometriosis? Absolutely. I have well, I'm actually writing a podcast right now for PCOS and oils, and I have an entire podcast episode on endometriosis and oils um, and talking about how endometriosis is potentially an autoimmune condition mm. um, and talking about basically the, the title was what, what your doctor isn't telling you about endo and how to treat it naturally. And so um, let me pull, let me just pull, I don't have these all memorized. Um, I do have a memory. I usually have a pretty great memory, but I want to make sure I get these recipes right. So let's start with, let's start with endometriosis. I have several blends in that podcast episode as well. And it was episode 108 on the Essentially You podcast. But in, so endometriosis discomfort blend. So basically this blend is designed when you're dealing with endometriosis pain. Also the intention of me creating this blend as well was to reduce inflammation because um, that's so much of what's going on is the immune system is responding um, to endometrial tissue. So my endometriosis blend, discomfort blend is going to be a 10 mil roller and it's going to be seven drops of frankincense, five drops of clary sage, five drops of cypress, four drops of geranium and three drops of neroli, and that's optional. If you, if you don't have neroli touch, no worries. Um, and it's top it off with fractionated coconut oil or Jehovah oil or whatever oil, carrier oil really works for your body. And you're applying this to the ab, ab, like lower abdominal area, the pelvic area. That's gonna be my endometriosis discomfort blend. Um, for um, menstrual cramps and really severe ovarian cyst relief, that's another 10 mil bottle. And it's going to be eight drops of clary sage, six drops of frankincense, six drops of copaiba, and four to five drops of peppermint. Um, and that's going to be really just dealing with that pain, but also because I love frankincense, copaiba, and peppermint for, for as, as natural allergesics. Mm. Um, and then I love clary sage as not only a hormone support oil, but also to reduce some of that um, some of that pain that's coming through, especially because it calms down the muscles, it calms down a lot of what's going on in that area. So those are big ones. Also, I think that when you're applying these blends, what I really love is to use them with a castor oil pack. Um, and you can get those, I'm pretty sure you can, I can get them anywhere. Um, but castor oil really allows, not only is castor oil anti-inflammatory in its own right as well, something to consider, but it really allows those oils to be driven into the tissue so I find them to be like castor oil packs with these blends to be really, really helpful at reducing a lot of the symptoms. Awesome. And would the, your polycystic ovarian syndrome blend be similar? 
it is a little bit different. Let me just pull it up. I mean, the, the first, the one I just gave you last, the uh, for it, menstrual cramps and ovarian cysts, so that would definitely be my PCOS blend. Um, and then I've, what I've written down, because I'm not fully done with my, my PCOS um, protocols, like I'm finishing them up right now, I just had a lot of oils for them. So like clary sage was a huge one. Not only, I mean, it's got so many benefits, not only from helping to fight acne, relieving anxiety and depression and stress, boosting hair growth. Um, it also helps work towards hormone balance and fertility, geranium, not only to support the, the adrenals, but to balance hormones, alleviate mood, mood support, improve focus. It's also great for improving fertility and boosting progesterone levels. So I love geranium. It's also great for helping to balance out the oils in your skin to fight acne. Um, Ylang-ylang and jasmine, I think are phenomenal for supporting cortisol um, and supporting emotional well-being. Um, and then I had oils like Digestin, Terrazyme, and PV Assist for gut support, Slim and Sassy for blood sugar stabilization. And then my protocol that I had created um, would include DDR Prime, Lifelong Vitality, Clary Calm, Balance, and the Phytoestrogen Supplement. And this was designed to help the not only the gut and the liver move through estrogen metabolites, um, but also to ensure that you are getting enough of the right nutrients and cellular cellular components to ensure that you are supporting your cells in this process. So those would be some of my biggest takeaways for PCOS. Oh my goodness, that was incredible. <laughs> Thank you. I can really pick your brain all day on all of the wonderful blends, but we don't have all day. But you do have an incredible book, The Essential Oils Hormone Solution. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Absolutely. Um, so the book, 10 years in the making for sure. And the number one reason why I wanted to write the book is I wanted women to really understand what was happening with their hormones. I feel like we don't know enough about what's going on with our bodies. And so the first step of this book was really to lay the groundwork for what is going on and then recommend, I, you know, one of, I also find that women aren't getting the type of testing that they need to really figure out what's going on. So I, I got very clear on the type of like preliminary hormone testing that we deserve to get, that we demand. So you'll find that as well in the book. Then part two of the book is really getting, just kind of tackling some of the biggest hormonal symptoms and providing solutions for every single one of them from fatigue to stress to digestive issues, brain fog, I mean, name it, low libido, um, hormonal imbalances, all of that. And then part three of the book is the, is the game plan, is the blueprint, um, because I remember 10 years ago not having anything to be able to rely on. And I was so desperately just wanted a blueprint. I wanted someone to just show me how to get started. So I imagined myself 10 years ago, I even was writing this when I was diagnosed with Hajimoto. So I not only imagined myself 10 years ago, but I also put myself in my shoes like right then and there. And I actually rewrote a big chunk of part three because I knew so many women were probably like myself. I mean, I probably was sitting with that autoimmune condition and the low thyroid function for a good year and a half, maybe even two years and had no idea. Um, I just kept thinking it was stress. I, I honestly did. And I thought, oh my gosh, there's millions of women out there who, um, who need a blueprint that actually even addresses liver support, brain support, reduces inflammation, and starts to address the hormones. And so when I built this 14-day hormone reset, it was really a design for not only a hormone reset, but an inflammation reset, a liver reset, a gut reset, because so much of that would help clear out things that we may not even know we have going on in the body. So it's basically a Bible that we all need to have. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> With blends and everything. I mean, I, I have to be mindful. I know that we get to have this conversation about endometriosis and PCOS, but on written paper, I still mm -hmm. have to be really careful. Mm -hmm. um, so because I am still a part, I'm still a representation of, of, you know, of doTERRA. And so being really, I couldn't just put those things in. In the, new, the next book that I'm going to be talking about, I'm going to, I'm going to do a better job of making sure something like that kind of information's in there. I'm just figuring out a way to, to kind of dance through that. <laughs>
Yeah. <laughs> That's a nice way to put it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> now on your website over at drmarisa.com, you have so many incredible resources and I will obviously link to your website for everyone to go and check it out, but you have an awesome event coming up, your essential oil hormone summit. Now registrations are going to be opening this week when the podcast airs. Can you please tell us a little bit more about that? Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I am so beyond a place excited about this. You know, we did this last year. We had 50,000 women attending. We raised $150,000 for women all over the world for reusable menstrual supplies, hygiene, and reproductive health care education. And we are, we're just going bigger this year. We have, I think about 32 presenters coming on, including yourself, my dear. I can't wait. We are, we get to have your interview in just a moment. Um, but we are covering so much more because I learned so much last year about what you wanted and what you needed. And I made sure to find the, the people to bring that to you. And that's what we're going to be talking about. And in the, so we're covering menopause, we're covering perimenopause, because let, let me tell you, those are two different phases. Um, we're covering fertility. We're covering your menstrual cycle. We are covering inflammation. We are covering brain fog. We're covering breast cancer. We're covering what it looks like to remove toxic breast implants. I mean, name it emotional well-being, how to heal from trauma because we're all dealing with it. We are getting in it and we are diving deep. I'll tell you what, it's, it's not going to be a very compliant summit, but it's really <laughs> going to give you what you need. Um, and that's how, we, that's how we give you what you need, you know? And so we're talking about gut health, liver health. I mean, name it. Every aspect of women's health, we're really going to be covering. We're talking about relationships and building community and what that looks like and how that fuels our soul. We're, I mean, we're just really getting in it, and I'm so excited about this. It goes live. The registration is going to be opening, like you said, when this goes live. If this actually, the event goes live October 21st to 25th, um, and it's, it's free, but if you decide you want to own it because you were loving everything or you weren't able to listen to all of it, know that the money is then going to these beautiful causes like Days for Girls so that we can help women. We can literally pay it forward to these women who just do not have access to this um, so that they have basic human dignity and basic human rights. I am so excited about it. And there's going to be so much incredible information for everyone. And I love, love, love that you're supporting Days for Girls. That really is a charity that's close to my heart. And it's something that we don't often think about that there's women in the world who don't have access to um, menstrual hygiene products. And the, mm -hmm. the work that Days for Girls are doing is just amazing, providing these products for these women to, as you said, have that dignity and go about their lives. The things that we take for granted is so powerful. So thank you for, oh for being that yes. life. Well, thank you to Days for Girls for doing this good work. 130 million girls, 130 wow. million girls. And you know what? This is what I know to be true. I know that by, by lifting these girls up, we change the world. This mm. is how we change the world because they are the ones who are creating the communities. They're the ones who are creating the societies. They're, they're the ones nurturing the, the, the sons and the husbands. And that's how we change this world. And that's why the work is so important. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you. And we will link to Days for Girls and we will obviously link to the Hormone Summit so people can register for that and help us to raise money for Days for Girls. So important. Dr. Marisa, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on, sharing your time, sharing your wisdom and so much incredible information. It has been an absolute honor to have you here. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much. I hope you have the most beautiful day and we will chat very soon. Thanks for tuning in to the Holistic Nutritionist podcast. Remember, we love to make the show relevant to you. If you have any questions or topics you'd like us to discuss, just submit them to podcast at nataliekdouglas.com and we'll get them answered for you. Also, don't forget to subscribe, rate and review the podcast on iTunes and share it with a friend. And if you're looking for more info about how we can accelerate your journey to optimal health, you can find me, Nat, over at nataliekdouglas.com and Kate at theholisticnutritionist.com. See you next time.